So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. Welcome to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. This is our continuing coverage of Halloween Horror Nights 20 from 2010. I am Matt, and joining me are my co-host, Quint. Hello. And Karen. Hello. All right. Where we last left was we had just wrapped up the scare zones, talked about the rides and attractions, and found out Karen hates the Rip Rocket Roller Coaster. I don't hate it. <laughs> I hate when it breaks down. Okay. <laughs> Sheesh. Not like <laughs> Professor Frink or anything. No, no, I just I do that for our first time listeners. Anyone that's listening to this episode for the first time, they can just put all their hate on you and it won't matter what I get wrong in this episode. Awesome. <laughs> that's what big brothers are for. Yeah. Right. So we got houses and shows left. So I will let you guys guide me to what you want to talk about in the way of the houses. We got eight to choose from. If we hadn't mentioned, we actually didn't do a rundown this episode, but there's eight mazes, two shows, one show. Unfortunately, I did not see, but know a little bit about. And of course, the other one being Bill and Ted's excellent Halloween adventure. (laughs) This is going to be weird to talk about when we get to it. And you'll see why. So, um, hmm. I'm I'm trying to figure out a good order to do this in because there's so much stuff that I really kind of, I want to hear about. Um, uh, let's let's actually just start randomly with Havoc. Havoc, okay. The Dogs of War. That's interesting you picked that because, again, you will see its sequel not too long in our historic discussion because Havoc Derailed, I believe, is 21. If it's not 21, it's 22, yep. but you've seen that. No, it's 21. 21, yep. there you go. So, okay, over by Sprung Tent, not by, over at Sprung Tent 2, Havoc's Dog of War. So the story here is that the Shadow Creek Labs was contracted by the government to create a new super soldier. So they did, and but it was not a necessarily through chemical or through you know, steroids or psychological, although so sure some of that had to do with this, but it was through supernatural experimentation. And they went absolutely insane, as most of these experiments do, as the late 90s movie scene had taught us. And they rebelled, and they took over the lab, and just anybody that was not a super soldier was an enemy to them. They took the fact to eliminate all threats very seriously. And to them, everything was a threat. Nice. <laughs> I don't know why I expected any other response. But <laughs> just, I, I relate to that. I mean, <laughs> so. Sort of the way I treat people at work. Everybody is a threat. Everybody needs to be beaten. So. The facade, the edges of this was really actually really cool. It was it wasn't futuristic, but it had an element of sci-fi to it. It was a massive concrete bunker, but it wasn't just like a big concrete wall uh, with a little bit of of tearing here and there. It was it was it was angled. It looked very 
uh, it looked like it could be sci-fi. It, lo- it looked it looked well with the theme. It was industrial. It was a lab, but yet it still had a little bit of a uh, sci-fi-ish, uh, horroristic fantasy to it. So that kind of set the stage for for this kind of story. I really like the facade. I mean, I like the house too. I don't want to make it sound like the, I. This is where it goes downhill, but it's like it was it was something that. I mean, sometimes facades are just entryways uh they don't necessarily tell a story that's uh, getting less like that every year almost completely less like that now but uh this was this was really cool it really set the stage that you were entering a completely different building and and you, it was going to be tough it was going to be uh something uh not easy to get out of was the big thing and it again it had that kind of almost futuristic sci-fi look to it so i liked it nice I mean, so, uh, from there, the first area is like this, that kind of the hand print scanner council where you would, uh, gain access to. And it was, it had a big ass bloodstained hand on it, but then the door was completely broken open. So it almost, it told a story without telling a story that they clearly <laughs> took some dude's hand off or took some dying dude, put his hand on it and it didn't work. And then likely used his body to break the door open anyway. Uh, right. <laughs> that was Karen's best reaction to any episode ever. <laughs> uh, so then, the first real room after that, you, you're you're in uh, a holding cell. Uh, yes, I, I was gonna say holding cell, or maybe like holding chamber where they were training them. But I think it was holding cells, and it was it was super the super soldiers that hadn't that were first contained when this outbreak started. They're behind this thick plexiglass, but they were dying to get out, and of course. As with any Halloween Horror Nights maze, as you kind of twist and turn, one or two of the holding cells don't have a side to it. And this character who's been staring you down the past three or four steps you took is now in your face. So nice, good scares there. Again, all things you're used to, mechanics don't change all that much, but they start telling a story. And once you get into the story, <laughs> you don't, you're not ready for what happens next necessarily all the time. Yeah, it's as much as you look for boo holes and as much as you think that you know all of their tricks and stuff, you may. They get you anyway. They get you anyway. You're right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know, especially your first time through for that year. Oh, yeah. Yep. Next area. This is a control room. This is where we get like more of a sci fi feel to it. And well, it's the laboratory, but it's a sci fi. I mean, they're, they're doing supernatural experimentation so it's not going to be something you necessarily have seen in real life uh dead scientists thrown over the the console and around him are just sparks flying everywhere from the console i i have a memory of the this being a character but i don't think it was because i don't think it could have been Uh, i think that's my imagination playing tricks on me but the idea of it Either way was really cool because you had the sparks, you had the lighting effects, and you had a a body stretch over the panels. And, of course, in the corners were lurking more super soldiers. So out of the control room, you go through a hallway, and in the hallway, of course, more boo holes, more, yeah, boo holes, as I say, boo windows. There may even boo windows. I don't think there was, but there's definitely boo holes. Uh, and then into a storeroom with barrel and crates, which fits the story so well and is a perfect hiding place for all kinds of shit to scare you. Once again, can't go wrong with barrels and crates, particularly crates. So more super soldiers hidden in dark corners. Um, now there's now we're getting to the point of, of we're getting kind of into like a specialized 
Um, oh, if you didn't know, if I didn't mention, I should have super soldiers. They were, of course, the the combo. Uh, or, I'm sorry, camo pants, and most of them had like white t-shirts or white tank tops, all bald, including the women. Characters take their fucking roles seriously. Don't ever think they don't. I don't think anyone does, but I felt in so, this particular case, when you're talking about this house, and when we talk about it again next year, worth mentioning. They went all in on these roles. So not bald caps, just maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, but some definitely not because there was like a day right. or two growth. You know what I'm saying? You can tell the difference between yeah, a bald yeah. cap and someone who shaved their head two days ago. Right. Yep. So wow. I'm gonna guess you're not gonna audition for this role, Karen. No. It's a while to grow two feet of hair. What was that, Quinn? I said just a little too attached to your hair, Karen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It doesn't get, I get purple. It. I mean, <laughs> then I'm, wait a minute. I just realized. Do you still have the purple streak in your hair? Oh, it's now all purple. Oh, your all your hair is purple. That's funny. Except Quinn, for like two inches at the top. Yeah. Qu- Quinn had a purple streak when i first met him you two are more like the more we go on in this show God. she just copies me <laughs> that must kill you that must be the worst thing anyone's ever said to you yeah, yeah. tonight <laughs> let me guess you're dialing your stylist now trying to get an appointment <laughs> for tomorrow to get a coloring job done so anyway, I'm sorry, I didn't, didn't mean to digress that much, but I, I had to, when I made that realization, I had to point it out, and everyone had to hear that. So <laughs> uh, so I, I mentioned the soldiers for a reason, because we, we get them, they're, they're, some of them have weapons, most of them are scaring you, but now we're starting to get into the, the last final soldiers. We're talking like, these are the, the worst of the worst. They are, they, they were chained up somewhere, because now they're, like, there's the chain hanging from them. They've got the super weapons. Uh, now that we're getting towards the end of the maze uh we might even be out we were probably outside because the sprung tents can have another like 20 30 feet of outside stuff and in fact i think they do because there are chainsaw wielding super soldiers as well which just always is a nice addition to the end of a of a maze and i would have to think since it's being a sprung tent and being actually sprung tent two where uh texas chainsaw was that if they were doing those those after experienced characters like where the last uh leatherface was there's probably a chainsaw wielding um super soldier there i don't know that they were doing that but if they were i would guarantee that's where they were but i I actually jumped ahead i didn't go to the final room the final room was um this was a a generator room so this room was uh, it was foggy strobe flashing sparking light armed super soldiers and just this is chaos chaos was the theme of this finale room it's like it was it was just fucking with your senses scaring you scream people screaming at you people shooting at you absolute utter chaos before you finally left the sprung tent and left havoc very cool all right (laughs) sorry i'm laughing somewhere in there i activated my dictation on my watch and everything i just (laughs) said about the final room is displaying on my watch okay let me erase that before i accidentally send it to my wife because i don't think she would understand what that meant (laughs) (laughs) why are people yelling and screaming (laughs) are you in danger do i need to call 911 no i'm just recording oh that makes sense oh that's it I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of going to go with the theme here. I think we're going to go from Havoc to Zombie Geddon. 
Yes, I'm again. I've been waiting <laughs> for this one in particular. There's ones I like better, but I really wanted to get to this because, well, let me let me get to it. Zombie getting disaster queue. Never ever going to happen again. That's unfortunate. Right. It's going to be Fast and the Furious. Maybe it'll be the Fast and Furious queue one day because I haven't actually seen Fast the Fence yet, but not open yet. So who knows? But story of this. This is the Zap Training Facility, which is the Zombie Awareness Program. So the idea is that this place, this is a training facility that taught you to survive and conquer zombies. So it's a old warehouse looking thing with the the oh, what is the shit? I can't think of the not folded metal, but the wavy metal you usually have on a on a roof in a warehouse. You know, oh, yeah, corrugated metal. Thank you, corrugated yeah. metal, rusty rusted corrugated metal walls. Big ass security cameras, you know, super paranoid um, conspiracy type deal that you feel like you're entering in, right? You know, makes sense. Uh, big heavy head- come my house. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought of when I saw this, and that's what made me think to take you the following year. Right. Yeah. Big heavy steel door with concrete filled barrels as counterweights in the whole shebang, and a big zap sign, the zombie awareness program sign. So. You enter the training facility. This is, it's, it's, it's one of those, so the story starts out, it is the training facility, right? Okay. So you, you encounter zombies, but these are, I don't want to say tames. These are contained zombies. They have these electronic collars around their, their neck. And it's a point to be made that they're electronic collars. And, um, as you go through, you're being kind of, uh, trained by immersion the trainers are yelling at you uh showing telling you what you would do for zombies kind of startling you but not scaring you because they're not so scary but they're, they're you're still in a, still in a maze so their job is to scare you to an extent now the reason that the electronic collars are pointed out so much and how the collars are part of the building and all that is because remember zombie Graw, the scare zone from last episode yes now yes. remember the float that crashed into the power station Oh, yeah. Guess what other building was connected to this power station? <laughs> so this, nice. this crash actually happens, story-wise, this crash happens as you're in this building. Huh. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Yes. Which is really, really cool. This is one of those things that you don't necessarily need to know to enjoy the two of them together because Zombie Grawl is was awesome. It looks very cool. I, I described that in the last episode. This one is a lot of fun too. If you like the like the story, because you see the corner of a of a. If you know what to look for, you notice that it's a float, but you don't necessarily. It's not in your face that it's a float necessarily. But if you do know the story, this makes both these so much more fucking awesome. Hell yeah! Yep. So, <laughs> so you turn like I said, you turn into the corner, or you turn into the corner, you turn the corner. You see the corner of the float crashed into the building, powers out. Now the zombies are out of control. So now we're we went from the nice training facility, everything was somewhat chaotic to emergency lights only, much darker, zombies around every corner. First place you pass is kind of like the the office or the desk area because it's a warehouse, not really offices. Past the offices, you you there's zombies there feeding on who's been doing the paperwork most likely the accountant you go past like a kind of a break room ish where you know the table's probably one of the broken vending machines we've seen in the others um from there 
you get now this is the cool the, the not cool but the, you, from there you're kind of into an outside environment which they do so well i i say that i think every episode we talk about the houses in this outside area is where their fleet of cars and and motorcycles are it's a fleet there's there's not that many but there's more than like this is before i knew what walking dead is i guarantee the damn station wagon was there but i wasn't looking for it you know <laughs> <laughs> so that was probably there um the motorcycle motorcycles more places for zombies to be like in and out of the cars and that was what led you out because that was the outside thing and then you left a fun house i mean it starts off fun it it, and then the story it it tells its own story but when you know that the scare zone that you had probably gone through leading to this eventually one night or will go to is is tied directly into this makes it so much better and it's just one of those things not everyone's going to experience but those that do i'm sure really appreciated tying those two together hell yeah yeah. And even even like their locations are are pretty close to like where that scare zone is. It's pretty close to where that that vehicle would have driven into the right yeah, part right? of the yeah. building, you know what I mean? <laughs> yep, yep. That's that's very cool. I I love it when they do those things and it sounded like this one worked out really well. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um I'm going to skip over to Catacombs Black Death Ring. Uh, uh, sorry. Right. Black Death Rising. Black Death Rising. Okay, so this is this is um, based after it's it's the Black Plague. That's where the Black well the Black Death comes from, but it's like it's an archaeological dig that rediscovers the Black Plague by uncovering some things. That's the story, uh, more or less. I'm not sure if I'm doing it justice or not, but I'm trying to set the story to um, explain what we're what we're what we got here. Yeah, it says something about 500 years later, the de- dead seek vengeance. Yeah, yep. So the opening of it, I mean, I, I want to call it an archaeological dig, but it's it's actually, it's quite possibly the worst facade. I was just, I, I didn't intend to do this. I was, I was saying how, how great Havoc is. This is actually terrible. It's scaffolding, the steel, not even steel, the, uh, the maybe, well, I guess it's steel, the, the metal piping scaffolding, and then just black tarp like almost trash bag colored black it is trash bag colored black covering it that Hmm. is what is supposed to give the idea of a archaeological dig Hmm. yeah yeah exactly so so um, there was a slight addition to it which was good there was there was a sign explaining what the outbreak was so that you if you were going into this not understanding the black death or the black plague or how terrible it was. There was this, this didn't give you, it wasn't a history lesson, but it told you what to, to expect. Didn't really get into the historics of it. Just telling you what you're going into. So the first thing that you went into in this, it was, um, if we haven't mentioned it, it's a sprung tent. So you can kind of figure how that scaffolding is just kind of like a flat wall going into the sprung tent. You go into the sprung tent and the first thing you're in is a mausoleum. Uh, there's some crypts open, uh, past and present plague victims were there to scare you. That was kind of neat. So you had like the differing uh, years. You had the original plague victims in their garb. And of course, there are boils and oozing bloody scars. And you had the people that uncovered them also covered in the plague. Uh, and occasionally, the only non-victimized character, you'd have the plague doctor. And he had the plague doctor mask, the one that covered their face. It had almost like the long beak. I think you guys have seen that before in history, right? Yep. Okay. 
So uh, through the mausoleum, you entered into the catacombs. This is where the I, this is what what launched the revival of the plague and woke the dead. Very dark, very gloomy. Um, lots of stone, lots of very. Um, I guess more like the the French catacombs, or the the European catacombs. I guess. Um, well, that's yeah, the, the, the catacombs. So there was um, more more victims, more doctors trying to, and and we're talking the um, we got some plague doctors and some normal doctors. Most of the plague doctors are trying to uh, treat the victims with drastic dress you know, the more drastic surgeries. And this is where we start getting like the leg table, uh, no spine rip, but we get, we get a lot of the effects where, you know, you get the fake limbs and you get the spraying water. That's where they were in place this year. Uh, through the catacombs, the last area you're in at a museum that was built to (laughs) what's the word I want to say honor to not, not memorialize the outbreak. And in this were corpses on display uh, as part of the exhibition, and of course, none of them or some of them were not actually dead because as you get closer and look, they were they're rising and they reach out at you. So that is catacombs, Black Death Rising. This is a very as you know, my description isn't really great. I, I did describe the walkthrough, but it's it's another one where you have to. This is one where you you actually need to see it to appreciate it more. Community okay. really loved this, and it, they gave it a little nickname. A little nickname. It's a little. I don't mean little. They gave it a nickname, Cat and Combs. And as I don't know if you want to call it an inside joke or a community joke or just a thing to identify people in the community, this is well before I started really researching the communities, or else I would have participated because it would be really easy with my wife's collection of crap. You would take a stuffed cat and a comb through the house with you to identify oh, yourself okay. as a fan of this house. Got it. Yep. See, be so. Okay. My my wife's got all kinds of Egyptian cats, stuffed and ceramic, and everything in between. I had I known this, would have been easy to do. So basically, what I'm getting is like, d- despite the the disappointing facade, they they did execute the maze really really well. That was something a lot of people said is like, I uh, the throughout be, from opening night to closing, I wish they'd reface this because it deserves such a better opening. Okay. Yep. All right. The one of the ones that I've kind of been avoiding because I fucking hate kids, but <laughs> the orphanage of uh, sorry, the orphanage ashes to ashes. Okay. Um, you'll you'll be okay with this because I mentioned in our last episode, Cindy finally has a proper house. Yeah, but this, she's still fucking creepy. <laughs> this is Cindy's house. So this is the house dedicated to the lost icon, Cindy. Uh, she was lost in 2002. For people that don't know the story, she was replaced by the caretaker. Uh, we we do her story in our icons episode, and we revisit it in our 2002 coverage, which is Halloween Horror Nights 12. So if you don't know the story, go back and check out those episodes and then catch up to where we're at now. It took all this time. It took 10 years for Cindy to get her proper house. And this is the orphanage, Ashes to Ashes, and it's in the Jaws queue, another place that will never get a house. Jaws Q has historically been disappointing houses because of the limitation and of of the uh, uh, the limitations that the site had brought to it. Because you have on one side of everything on the queue nothing but water, so you're limited in space that you can build and and build around uh, for this queue. This one, in my opinion, 
And I will say I am by no means in a majority, but I know some people agree with me. This might be one of the better houses in the Jaws queue. Maybe that's me um, apologizing for it being in the Jaws queue because it's Cindy, and I just am really happy Cindy has a house. I don't know, but I'll walk you through this, and I'll let you guys form your own opinion. So, the orphanage. It was a burnt-out orphanage with children still inside. Only children, and we'll get to speculation why as we tell the story. So the facade was that. It was a burnt-out building. It was charred. There was a sign on the front that said, Good Harvest Home for Orphans. Even the sign was charred. And outside the house, they were spraying foam. This is the same foam they spray for snow houses, but in the context of it being a burnout building, it was coming right. off as ashes. So it's all in context when you use these kind of things. Really cool, mm-hmm. I thought. So the house inside, they were, as we go through, we're, it's presumably uh, they were mistreated, and we're going to see why. And Cindy, of course, being Cindy, and she has her own history, and her little bit of her history is going to be fleshed out here. She kind of uh, led this rebellion and started this, or got this fire going. Maybe she didn't start it herself, though. Chances are she probably did. So this is actually a really strange storytelling because I think we enter the house post fire and like we actually, we literally enter the house post fire. Then we're pre fire. Then we're fire and then we're post fire. So it's, we're kind of go back and then we go, we're, we're present then back then back to the present again, but I'm not sure. Uh, That's just a comment on the facade and that's no big deal because once we get inside the, the house we get the story so uh, it kind of sounds like they're just the facade just introduces you to the story and then they they just basically start telling the story yeah the story yep. just happens to start before anything <laughs> is burning right yes yes that's true that's probably true um what also lends to the fact that it seems like it's post is that the entire place smells like smoke because they kind of famously at this point built a lot of this house out of charred wood to get that constant smell smoke without pumping smoke in the house that's pretty cool. That is neat. This is before, uh, presumably before um, they had a, a believable smoke aroma that just didn't permeate or give people headaches like the infamous extra <laughs> house, <laughs> exorcist <laughs> house <laughs> aroma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So I swear when I walk by that, I still smell it. I know it's psychosomatic at this time, at this point, but it's, I swear I still smell it. So children's characters even though they're not children but kids characters and this is what quint would probably hate about this house and they are wearing the costumes and the mask from the schoolhouse from halloween horror nights 18 so creepy as shit these kids (laughs) yeah so first room we go into is like the kids where the kids would play there's a bunch of toys some cubby holes a little wrecked little ruined again like not a fun place to be um, next you go into a classroom and this is like, this is like literally right after it. This is almost, you can see it from the room you're in because you are introduced to Cindy, Cindy. There's a dummy Cindy writing on the blackboard. I don't remember what she's writing, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't. I will not burn the orphanage down or maybe something like that. Not entirely sure, but this was a distractions character. Cause when you saw, when you were taking a look at what this char- this dummy was doing and what it was writing, the real Cindy, the very first I shouldn't say official one because she's probably popped up here and there. But as far as this house goes, the first official Cindy scare 
greets you. That is the first real character you meet in this house. That's actually more important is that she's the first character you meet in this house. Next room. These were bunk beds. These were bunk beds that were made very horrifically into cages. And I mean, the wire looked, the welding, the the piecing together, this looked like dangerous. So this is where we get the idea of the mistreatments of the orphans in this story. We have more characters. Uh, Not how you're supposed to treat kids. (laughs) I was going to say, like, this sounds like just normal child rearing. I mean, I can't really argue with that. You don't put them in cages? (laughs) Some people don't. I know, right? I don't know. This doesn't seem right. I think think your information is wrong, Matt. (laughs) You might be right. You might be right. I I think I did this, got this on blogmom.com, but I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. No, I think even moms would have. (laughs) You're probably right. (laughs) Yeah. Put them in cages. Well, regardless of whether you should or shouldn't, and that is... I was going to say open for point debate. Of contention. I was going to say, yeah, there you go. I was going to say open for debate, but I think we just debated it. The the cages, of course, like we much said in Havoc, some of them didn't have sides, and these these characters would were able to come around and get you. Um, from there, we went to the bunk beds into an empty nursery, and again, there was cribs and bassinets, but strategically placed. Um, some of them with uh, maybe even reflective mirrors to see to look like they're just straight down to the floor. Now that I think about it, but places for characters to pop out at. So first you look around going, ooh, there's like there there was infants here and you kind of like shudder and then all of a sudden you're scared. Effective, psychologically effective. Uh, again, if we're not going to debate here, but you know what I'm saying? No, I don't. Okay. We won't <laughs> into another from there we go into this is almost like we're going through their the kind of the kids rooms because we go into another sleeping area and these are bigger beds these are for i guess children that have outgrown the the the, um bunk beds this was awesome because over one of the beds was the one of the best if not the best pepper ghost effects they've done yet in the house and it was of a little girl floating over the bed you know you know the pepper ghost star right yeah we had yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. that's pretty cool yeah it was it was creepy it's and it's I don't even think it was like you looked at this girl and said, that's Cindy, but your imagination may have said this might have been where Cindy possibly have di- has died and now she's a supernatural be- being because we kind of learn throughout her history that honestly keeps evolving. I mean, a little bit was added to it every year. Cindy is kind of supernatural. So this might be, without it ever being confirmed or even really widely speculated, this might be the deathbed literally for cindy if you i guess it could be i guess it's open to interpretation since she's not fully fleshed out yet maybe that'll be contradicted later on but i think that's a possibility all right Um, (laughs) whoever did that was good they just didn't do it well enough because she came back (laughs) oh she might be back as a supernatural being is my point that's what i mean oh i see i got to do it well enough in the first place i got you okay all right this next room this is important uh, this was one of those things that Halloween Horror Nights creative talked about without giving details and was really looked forward to probably to the point that no matter what they did, they couldn't deliver on. And this room was supposed to be the room that had real fire or feature real fire. Um, some people like what happened. Some people hate what happened. I think the strong opinion comes because 
because a lot of people expected there to there to be fire directly in the house. I can't remember whether or not Halloween the creative team said that there was going to be fire in the house or if the room featured fire. And that's an important distinction. And I wish I knew could remember which is which. If someone remembers clearly what was said, it'll shed a lot of light on why people love it or hate it. Because if it, if they did say there was going to be fire in the house, that's actually misleading because what there really was, as you walk through this room, there are holes in the wall and the holes in the wall are actually blocked up by very thick safety glass of some sort, probably plexiglass as well, some heat resistant plexiglass. And the fire is like just at the very bottom of the hole in the wall and then is just high enough to reach the top of that particular hole. So it's technically outside the house. A lot of people were kind of let down that the fire wasn't in the house, but a lot of people also loved the fact that there was real fire featured in the house. So it all depends on what I think you were going into this room expecting to see. It would be really, really, really difficult to do fire in a maze and and meet all of the safety requirements. No no one's going to ensure that. There is no one that's going to ensure that. going to ensure that shit. Yeah. No. Um, I honestly, I thought that, I mean, we've seen some other, I've seen some other fire effects in different years, but last year, last year when they did Halloween two, they finally (laughs) got a fire effect that was believable and was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, you know, it's, they've been trying and trying and I think that they're getting there now and you know, you know, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I live in this, this, I live in this time period of this country and with litigation, the way it is, there's yeah, no right. way yeah. they are going to have real fire in a maze period. End of story. Um, unless it's something where it's like, it's really controlled and you can't even get close to it. In which case the effect is going to be like minimal anyway. And they could have been just playing a movie anyway. Like <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I thought it was cool because it was like, you know, it, it had the ambiance of, I mean, the lighting, you, there's a lighting and there's a pattern, not even pattern. There's, there's a, there's a chaoticness to real fire. You cannot match no matter how much you do. Eventually you're going to have to loop it. Even if you do like hours and hours of film footage. So right. it, it was cool. It was cool. And, and I think, I think I went into it thinking there's no way there's going to be fire. And again, it all, I really wish I remember what, terminology they use because that's a big difference but we we know not just halloween horror nights but every every aspect of fandom even not even fandom even people expect things in their real life because they interpret something that was said that isn't necessarily what was trying to be expressed and i think that's why people were uh, some people are disappointed by it some people are just disappointed because they didn't like it there is that too and that's fair you don't like it that's fine it's i don't know it sounds like it sounds like a really good effect to me oh i liked it i liked it i wouldn't say i loved it but i liked it because i could see the what they're trying to do and like i like i said the the effect of a flame you can't necessarily i duplicate 100 percent, and this was pretty damn close so even with the glass in front of it but that wasn't the end of the house i mean that was the big feature of the house but the house went on from there you went into a room that was decorated for a halloween party because you got to have some kind of fa- have fun when you're burning down a house, obviously. Right. From there, we went to another classroom. This one was absolutely turned on its head, destroyed, burn up. Orphans took it over. They're still around to scare you. And then the very last room, this is the boiler room. So you kind of went, even though you went forward, you went under the orphanage. Steam, fog, smoke, whatever you want to call it. Spark effects from the destroyed electrical panel. 
the big thing was this was your final encounter with Cindy and there was a couple of other orphans. Something they did very differently about this for a finale. You really couldn't miss Cindy. She was out in plain sight. Like she'd be sometimes she'd be playing patty cake with the um with the uh other orphans, peekaboo interacting with the orphans, interacting with you. I really think they m- did this on purpose. They didn't make this character hide. They made her be forefront so that if you missed the first Cindy, you got Cindy and you knew walking out of this, if you're a big Halloween Horror Nights fan and you knew the history that Cindy has her house. So I think it was a very deliberate ending to this house. That's pretty cool. Yep. And that's the orphanage. I'm really happy that Cindy finally got a maze. Um, yeah. You know, there's there's been a couple of characters that we've talked about over the run of HHN that have have been unfortunately treated or, or have had unfortunate circumstances happen. And it's nice that this one finally came a little bit of a, you know, kind of a little bit full circle and almost completed her her legacy a little bit. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right, um, do, 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 do. let's move on to Hades, the Gates of Ruin. What's with you and Canadians? Hades, you ever hear of them? Hades. <laughs> Hades? Yeah. Hades. You never uh, heard no, it pronounced Hades? Right. No. Oh, okay. Must be a Canadian thing then. Uh, probably. Oh, all right. All right. Uh, well, this is the Greek mythology story of Hades or, or Hades. Hades. Hades, yes. So, okay. So you enter through. Where's this? Oh, soundstage twenty three. So you enter through uh, the facade. This is. um, I don't want to say it's simple, but it's it's uh, 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 it's not simple. the The facade of this is a stone carving, but mainly of Hades himself, and it's is you enter through his mouth. He has glowing red eyes and smoke rolling out of the nostrils. And you also are flanked, uh, or I should say that sculpture is flanked by the Greek columns, letting you know that that this is a, a Greek mythology-themed house, something they've not done before, something not commonly thought of with horror, actually. But in this case, actually, the elements they picked actually work really, really well. So it seems like, why haven't I seen this before? Actually, this actually is more interesting than than the blurb that I read so far. So okay, please. So your first interaction with the story and in the maze is to cross the river Styx, and you meet up with a scythe carrying attendant, which is kind of more more death, not Greek, but that's because he's a, a, a distraction for Charon who's around the corner to actually help see you or scare you off. <laughs> and this is a very, very tall character in the sense that they fitted the head of this character to set on the shoulders and top of the character's head because it has a whole glowing and glowing eye smoking head effect, which is something I don't recall seeing before. So very tall, very creepy, uh, very surprising char- character, I should say cool from there once you're scared across the river sticks or past the river sticks you now come across uh you start getting the story of a cyclops uh the first room this actually goes on for a couple rooms so the first room is decorated with several heads on spikes bunch of body parts being hung around some skin hung up to dry and then you finally come across a cyclops character who's in the middle of feeding on presumably what's left of one of the bodies of the heads or skin and or limbs that were hanging that you just went through. So you pass him 
and you're still in that lair and there's a, still a cyclops lurking about but he has um other minions or other workers or whatever you call them other followers in his domain and these are this is another one of those creative opportunities for the makeup team there are characters who are missing an eye for one reason or another albeit taken out on purpose or by some kind of weird birth effect where it's like on their chin they're all in a sense one-eyed in air quotes and minions of the cyclops again one of those things that the uh makeup artist had probably a blast just doing new and creative things with to make one-eyed characters while still making them, you know, the normal humanish type character. Yeah. I can see that would be fun. Yeah. I mean, I personally, because I suck at makeup, I just start <laughs> gouging people's eyes out, there but yeah. that's just the way I'd go. <laughs> so out of that kind of minion territory, you are the next area is littered with bones and skulls, lots of rope and burlap hanging in your face and there's a bunch of secret doors boo that's not secret doors they're boo holes as i realized where my notes were going boo holes for more cyclops and cyclops uh minion characters to just jump out and and scare the hell out of you so from there we're finally out of the cyclops room and now we're into the cerebus room the three-headed dog the first thing we see is that the shackles, the three shackles and the chains, the chains and the collars are are laying on the ground. So the the uh, Cerebus is missing. And of course, going to pop out unexpectedly when you're not ready for it after you leave the room, which is exactly what happens. Um, after Cerebus's bit, we go into the Medusa area and we see some stone sculptures of Medusa's victims, lots of sound effects of the screaming and the snakes. The snakes is a big thing. I've got a thing with snakes. I hate snakes. They're like right after lanyards. <laughs> They're very similar in shape. Yeah, right. Karen wasn't there for my it. last lanyard joke, so I had to throw one in. Yeah. Um, along with the snakes, when you when when the snake sound is right in your ear, there is an occasional like very short stream spray of water to of a snake spray at you with that sound oh i hated this area so much so <laughs> from yes there. yes indeed <laughs> so all right out of there uh, not even out of there as you twist and turn through there we're still telling this part of the story you see the reflection of medusa and perseus's shield that again is just to kind of make you like like take, catch you off guard maybe take you off a bit until you turn and then there's a real character medusa there to scare the shit out of you um, after Medusa's room, we get the Minotaur room. So this was this was uh, one of those. This was again we've we've seen it in um, Freddy versus Jason. I don't know that we've seen it after that. A mirror room. That's what it comes down to. Big mirror room. Very few Minotaurs, but like the perceived, not even perceived, but the 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 appearance of many Minotaurs. When you think you're, you're you've you've already passed him he's actually around the next corner because of the whole mirror thing the way they do mirrors is is great out of the minotaur mirror room we go into the hydra room this had just a giant mosaic of the hydra all over the walls and every once in a uh, uh, while in the walls was kind of like a hole almost like a portal and is where they had like puppet heads of the hydra to jump out and scare you rather than characters not so scary because they're kind of <laughs> oven glovish when you kind of saw them and didn't see them, but it was something new, something different. 
And then um, heading out of that, you kind of had like the the final corpses that had crossed the river sticks, uh, like their ghostly form in chains, in shackles, in their penance uh, to kind of rush you on the way out. And then you left Hades. Or Hades. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I may have been saying it wrong all my life, and I don't care. <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay. You know, let's see. I think, yeah, I think we should go to, legend, uh, pardon me, Legendary Truth, the uh, Winnedot Estate. Yeah, works for me. Win, what, why? Why? I want to say Wyun, but that's Deep Space Nine. Okay, so yeah, whatever. The Something Estate. Um, I'll go with that. I'm not sure I ever knew how to say this. Now you mention it. A winning dot, I think, or Hades. yeah, because d- Hades estate. W- Hades estate. Hades. Bingo. <laughs> this okay. So legendary truth. I mean, legendary truth. We've heard the name. We've I've yet to do some kind of special on it. We will eventually. I'm not sure when. Um, but legendary truth. So this gave them an opportunity in 20 to do something they've never actually done in a sense theme wise. They made a haunted house, which is kind of like what this whole maze idea is based after. It's like the haunted house is the uh, the the uh, quintessential Halloween thing. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, so they did. They made a haunted house. Now they made a Halloween's Halloween haunted house. So don't even try to you know <laughs> go toe to toe with them. But they went with the idea of a haunted house for this. I mean, the legendary truth is in the name, and we got a little bit of legendary truth story in here. But th- this gave an opportunity. It's like, hey, let's do a freaking haunted house, and that's what this is. So the facade, the first thing you see is a house. Not much. Other than that, that's a little dirty, a little dusty. It's night. It's a little bleak outside, but it's a house. So you walk into a house. Well, they've done that effect a lot, oh, and it yeah. works. Oh, yeah. Yep. What is going on here is that the, uh, well, obviously, it's a haunted house. It's uh, it's inhabited by ghosts and spirits, and it's all brutal victor, uh, uh, brutal murder victims from that have uh, have in one way or another had a connection to this house so in order to lure them out this group called spirit seekers have come in to check out the house now spirit seekers that is a title they are an offshoot of legendary truth the collective and this is what is like this is their big uh this is their first big gig so okay yeah they might not be quite doing it right which is maybe why we're actually in danger. If Legendary Truth are here, we'd be okay. We're not so okay with Spirit Seekers is what I'm assuming. So you walk up the front stoop, you go into the house. First room is wired with monitors and cables, and this is really just the headquarters of the Spirit Seekers. This is just, it's a very short room. You, you, no scares, just setting the stage that, you know, every once in a while, maybe on one of the screens, you'll see something kind of creepy, but not a scare. Through there. Through this entrance room, you go down a hall, and the very first scare you get, the first real scare in this, ha- in this house, is a floor ghost. You're just walking along, then all of a sudden, screams from your feet. You look down. There's kind of a mixture of black and white light and a character on a trolley zipping past your feet. Floor oh, ghost shit. is your first Jeez. scare. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Fuck. A character on a trolley, like under you or under beside your feet. you, or no, under your, under feet. your feet. Yes, like so. You're walking. Oh. You're walking on glass, and they're just zipping under you. Yep. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, there would be a little yeah. bit of pee coming out of me right there. Yeah. That's yeah. why I said they're doing a haunted house, but don't bother trying to go to it to deal with them. Yeah. Yep. Fuck. <laughs> they haven't done that that glass floor in a while. I mean, they've they've done it before, but not like this. Right. Yeah. Not. Yeah. I mean, there was a bit of it in Jack's house, but not not like. Yeah. This was no. not not to Holy not to set, they didn't set the stage with it. Right. <laughs> and that's a big thing. Yep. So that's fucking cool. Yeah. Further down the hall, you got uh, some walls that have holes knocked out for some wires and for for gear for this the spirit seekers. That of course gives an opportunity for one or two of those holes to be a boo hole for uh, characters. Of course, um, there's a long another hallway is a scrim wall. Uh, we've seen that before. The scrim wall, where one side we saw it in both Hollywood and and Orlando, where one one side is in fact there's it was everywhere in it felt like in exorcist last year when the lights came on you saw something beyond the wall that was one of the halls yeah. of this as well um if you follow the wires and the cabling down the hallway uh once you get through that hall you get into a living room and from there there is <laughs> this is this is interesting now we've seen um uh, characters on on wheels, trolleys, heelys, I think is actually the, their their method of uh, their chosen method because you can step and you can roll with, with like in a in an instant. Uh, in this case, this heely character that you come across in the living room, they wore their uh, costumes backwards so that it looked like there was a spirit because you can roller skate or, oh. or trolley or wheelie forward much faster than you can backwards. So it looked right. like this spirit was uh. zipping away from you as it was right. reaching out to try to ask you for help. Very, oh, that's, yeah, <laughs> very that's effective. That's gotta effect. be cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I was not expecting a lot from this, but man, this is like, yeah. uh, it's, uh, I'm like, it's, it's really in contention for Wayback machine right now. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Uh, so so moving down so you get out of the living room you go through like a little another small hallway this one was just kind of like a reset switch this is like for you to calm down and you saw more gear you saw some the monitors were a little more horrific this time but they, they weren't the jump scares out at you so now you went into a bedroom and this bedroom had a it's just like it's there's a pile of pillows and you look at it it's like a pile of pillows and your your head says pile of pillows and strobe lights in any normal circumstance, you should say, oh, shit, something's going to happen. But no, you're just now you reset. You just saw some weird things. And there is, of course, a young girl's character amongst a pile of pillows that you didn't see because of the strobes reaching out and scaring the shit out of you. <laughs> From there, we go into a study, books, lamps, reading desks and whatnot. But the big thing here is lenticular pictures that we've seen this as well. We've seen these in every Karen seen these in every Halloween heart night she's been to. As you walk by, the faces change. Well, this also gives an opportunity for one of the pictures not to be lenticular and the characters scare you. Yeah. Yep. So from there, uh, we are now in the center of the house. This is the nerve center for the spirit seekers. They have a device that's, this is the device that's supposedly drawing the ghost out of the spirit world into the house. So after we pass this nerve center in the same room, the statues that are in this room are some are real, some are living statues, but they're they're inhabited by the the spirits, of course. So you're 
distracted by the nerve center thinking, oh, that was pretty cool. And next thing you know, one of the statues reaches out at you. Another thing they've done before. But again, <laughs> when you're distracted by one thing, something else happens. Yeah, but if it works, why stop using it? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> right after that, that's kind of sort of the, I wouldn't say it's a finale, but it's the last real big thing that happens. Um, you go through, uh, you get into the attic, you go past a lot of boxes, a lot of dust, a lot of strobe lights. And again, this is like, I guess this is really the finale. Cause this is the most, uh, characters you get because of the, the, the they used the, the idea of the attic and the boxes and whatnot to use a lot of characters. And then from there you exit out. So very interesting take on a haunted house. No, no, um, it's all ghosts. No, like living people there tormenting other people or doing things to you. It's all it's all a ghost house. I think they're very deliberate in making this a you know ghost only attraction. All victims, all all uh, spirits and in this house, right? And there's and there's no um, there's no protagonist for the people walking yep. through. It's like all the ghosts are out to get you. Yes, and there's nothing stopping them. Right, right, exactly. Yep. Right, because like a lot of the times, is there's this this. I mean, whenever you tell the story, you have to have conflict, right? Yeah. And so, a lot of the times, you're you're not a participant in the conflict when you walk through the mazes. There's like definite sides, and there's this side versus that side, and you know, uh, victims versus uh, antagonists. In this, you basically get to be part of the story, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're you're the victim. Right, you are. You're the protagonist, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everything in this, everything in this maze is an antagonist towards right you, who are the protagonist. So you get to be the hero of this (laughs) particular maze, right? It's pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. It's it's by name. Even if you know the name, legendary truth, legendary truth, the Hades or Hades State, whatever we decide to call it. Yeah, it doesn't draw you in, (laughs) but the but the actual house is very good. Yeah. I, I'm yeah, this is like I said, this is in contention for way cool. back, but okay. we're not done yet. Yeah, no, we're not. <laughs> um, now I, I would have saved this for last, but in tradition, we're going to save the, basically the event maze yeah, okay. for last. Right. So we're going to do psychoscarapy echoes of shady brook. Okay. Shady brook or uh, psychoscarapy. I should say echoes of shady brook. This is the fourth psychoscarapy we have talked about and not the last. I am proud to say. We had the yeah, original. no, this is uh, uh, just, sorry, no, no. but uh, this is just one of those things that they hit early on as as a freaking fantastic thing, and they've just kept doing it and kept doing yep. it and kept doing it, and nobody gets tired of it. No. At least I don't. Nope. I don't think, I don't think anyone, I don't know anyone that does. I'm sure there are people, but generally, I think it's still well-received. Uh, I mean, but- they've, they've done almost as many of these as they have Walking Dead, and I'm way less tired of this. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Well, there's also been time between. Well, not necessarily. Actually, no. Because psychos, the original psychotherapy was in thirteen. Uh, the next one was Maximum Madness in sixteen. That was the house for Jack at Sweet Sixteen. Then Home for the Holidays in seventeen. So just you have to Home for the Holidays. It's such a fantastic house. It is so good. <laughs> <laughs> so that you can do that the next year. It's okay with me. And now, yeah. twenty-three years later, we have it again. We have psychotherapy. Um, Echoes of Shady Brook. So, okay, this is the. 
the kind of the ghost chapter of this. We've had we've had these psychos, we've had the clowns and psychos, we had the psychos at Christmas. Now this is kind of the the ghost of the psychos. In fact, it's largely the psych the ghost of the psychos. So we return the original Shady Brook Asylum. This is the same one we were introduced to in thirteen. So I mean, they recreated it as best they could. Had to change it, of course, to tell the story. But you're entering it much like uh you you did um seven years ago when we were first introduced to this. But in this story, it was closed 15 years ago. Now teens have broken in, but they never came out. And when they broke in, they woke up the spirits of the asylum. So we are seeing residents of Shady Brook, but in ghost form. This is a version of Shady Brook we've not talked about yet. So this is all new. That's cool. It's And it's a nice compliment to the legendary truth maze. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. So our entrance, the facade, it is a Shady Brook Asylum, but it's a little bit in ruins with what would have been boarded up if it hadn't been broken open by these teens. So we enter in. This is cool. Um, if it, if we had just done this episode one season earlier, it'd be a new facet, but it's not because you have seen this effect. All the ghosts in this house are in grayscale, exactly or at least much like they were in Ghost Town last year. Awesome. 26. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Very cool. In fact, all the ones I remember in Ghost Town were except for the girl with the with the uh red hair, which was just still Perfect. my favorite look. I mean, the red hair yeah. with the grayscale, she was great. She was awesome. Yeah. Yep. So they're all yeah, in grayscale. And the first one we see uh is at the registration desk, and it's a ghost of one of the nurses that had been killed in a past shady brook because she has scissors stuck out of her head. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cool. Uh, from there, we go through a hallway of windows. This is the hallway of windows. You guys got to see, imbi- ironically, in body collectors. Every reference I'm going to make to physical structures are, is actually going to be a body collector's reference, but that body collector story took place in Shadybrook, so you know the hallway of windows I'm talking about. Yep. So instead of there being a blizzard outside, there's just broken windows, and there's characters popping in and out. Again, all in grayscale. Some in straight jackets, some in nods. So, you know, just the, the, the psycho scarapy characters we come to know and love. Uh, through there, we go into the rec room. Uh, these are where the books, the record player and puzzle boxes are that we've seen before. More characters hiding behind shelves. Uh, down the hall, there is a big sheet hanging on the wall that says, Nurse Wallace must die, written in <laughs> blood. And it's been there for quite a while. And from there, uh, and actually, as we walk past that, we start going past the the cells, the kind of holding cells that they're not quite jail cells, but they're isolation cell, whatever you want to call them. You know, the the cells they'd have to be put in there for everyone's protection. Yep. Now, what's uh, there's um, ghost hands. You don't actually see open areas, but there are ghost hands reaching out from every direction in this particular angle. So you don't have full-fledged characters. You just have hands reaching through the walls. Very, very cool uh, thing that we hadn't, I don't recall seeing another Psycho Scarapies, but we haven't seen since until, well, I don't know. We'll see what we get this year. From there, we kind of go past, um, uh, we're we're like in um, kind of a hallway uh, with some cutouts here and there for other walls. And it's just, it's just items stacked up. You get the idea that this, this place has been closed for a while. That's what we're trying to do. Uh, they're trying to, uh, project here. No characters that I recall in this particular area, because you go from there into the solitary confinement wing, which are the big steel doors with just the, 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 the holes to look in to. And of course the doors open and close and characters pop in and out. This is just some, 
doors open, some don't. You don't necessarily know which one's going to open. Just simple scares, great makeup, and just the history of, of Psycho Scaravy behind it. That's all you need in a particular room like this. Yeah, it sounds like. Okay, so then we're at the end of the hall, and we got a callback to a icon or a a reference to Halloween Horror Nights we hadn't seen before, or at least maybe that's, I think that's what it's supposed to be, and I think the, the general um, consensus is we're in a padded room, and it's a straitjacket guy from Halloween Horror Nights 14. Uh, remember him from the, the uh, whole uh, Psycho, uh, what's your breaking point campaign? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, so we kind of get him as a little Easter egg. Of course, he's he's as he's in the padded room, the pad split open for other characters to pop out of. He's more of a distraction. But if you are <laughs> a longtime Halloween Horror Nights fan, you get the patient from 14. Nice Easter egg they threw in in an appropriate maze, no less. Right. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So, especially, especially, you know, uh, with this being like a, an anniversary thing, throwing it in where you can, that's, that's good shit. It is. Yep. Yep. So from there, we get on one more small hallway. Then we're into the theater. This is, this theater, this is very, it's, it's almost transcendental, this theater, because it's the theater we saw in Body Collectors. For, but it was in the psych in Shady Brook, but that theater has also been in Body Collectors. So apparently, Shady Brook and the Body Collectors have the same theater because you walk through that theater, <laughs> and then there's some experimental surgery going on. It's not the spine rip, not the spine rip in this particular case. But there's horrific screams, horrific treatments on patients um, of of ghosts of the past. Uh, they're kind of re-experiencing what they had gone through, and then you actually walk through uh, the last padded wall which is bloodstained. It's the same wall that we were to have gone through in um, body collectors that they end up removing, putting curtains in because of the line congestion it made. Right. But this time they actually had it. And then uh, as you're going through, you kind of walk through one room. It's all black, but there's a bunch of uh, um, uh, gels on the lenses to kind of warp the lights and make streaks. And then you have your last, your last ghost of Shady Brook scaring the hell out of you in a dark room as you walk on your way out. Very cool. That's uh, they've done shady work proud. I think based yeah, I on think so, yeah. what you yeah. described, <laughs> it's like it's it's one of those things where this continues to be one of those uh, locations, I guess, and and psychotherapy being one of those properties that they just keep hitting it out of the park, and they just keep making it better and making it better and making the lore deeper, rather than some of the other ones where there's been misses. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yep. Um, this one doesn't seem like they've they've had any misses. Some of them maybe not quite as strong as others, but they were they're always true to the true to the IP and that they've created and true to you know what Halloween Horror Nights fans expect and all that good stuff. So I think this sounds like a lot of fun. It was, it was. I do love the fact that they keep taking us back to Shady Brook. I mean. It's obviously it's not exactly the same each time, but it's it's there's a commonality to it that it's like it, again it's like it's it's great knowing the story it enhances it to people that have been going for all those years, but it also is fun for people that don't know what they're getting into. I I like that line they walk and manage to appease both sides. Yeah, and I mean asylums are big, right? Oh, yeah, so right. there's That's a true. lot. Yeah, sure. you know, there's a lot of stuff that yep. we probably haven't seen in Shady Brook yet. Yeah, and. Yeah. So they can keep going to that well. And, and the fact that 
anytime they're doing an asylum thing, they go back to Shady Brook is kind of cool because it just builds the lore and it builds. It, it also allows them to do crossover stuff for their own properties, <laughs> yeah, right. right? That's true. Yeah, which is kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I I like the location that they've created, and I like that it keeps getting creepier and darker and and more fucked up every year they use it. <laughs> right. Yep. It's a good way to say it because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap up with the maze of the event, I'm assuming, yeah. which is the Horror Nights, the Hallowed Past. Yeah, this one, I'm going to say, uh, uh, this. when I said in our season three preview, the we're going to talk about 20 and 20 was, 25 ended up being the celebration I wish 20 was. I kind of think of this house, but when I went back and started putting the notes together, it's not, uh, maybe I was being a little unfair, but. I will tell you both. It's in a parade warehouse, which is like one of the shortest mazes ever in Halloween Heart. Yeah. So this is like ridiculously short for what we're, what we should have for 20, I think. Well, yeah, I'm wondering, I mean, I'm wondering if what they were doing with 20 and, and the celebration that they, they thought they were doing with 20. And I'm going back to, Things like that I've heard Mike Aiello say, which is like one of the things they've always wanted to maintain is like they want this to be a party. It's a Halloween yeah. party. And I think they put a lot of the the, the celebration of 20 into the street shows and into the, the scare zones, especially one and two that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Fear revealed in HHN 20 years of fear. And I think that was where they really wanted that that exposition to happen at least right. it appears to be that way yep well now no doubt no doubt this house is a celebration of the past 20 years i mean there's <laughs> i don't even need to explain that so let's walk through it and then we'll, we'll discuss it after so i will say the first entry point of the queue line nothing better than the two pumpkin head scarecrow things that we see crop up now and again at halloween horror nights those two are on tandem on either side, or not tandem on either side, creating an archway for you to walk through. That's great. Anyone that's been that's going awesome. to Halloween Horror Nights recognizes those things. So yeah, for sure. So the start of the house. This is it's it's a prelude to the main attraction. The first hallway you walk down through is packed full, and I mean packed. We are talking ceiling to rafters, not <laughs> not a. <laughs> the, uh, enough room to put a toothpick in stuffed with items from Halloween Horror Nights. They put as much stuff on display as they possibly could on the shelves on either side of you. And when you looked straight up, you saw the artwork for every event guide counting from Fright Nights <laughs> down. The first corner went from Fright Nights to Halloween Horror Nights 7. The uh, Say the first hallway. You turn the corner... More stuff packed on either side. And it was 8 through 20 now were the banners. And I mean, there was stuff everywhere on here. The The, the biggest thing that you, you couldn't miss in the first hallway right at the end of the corner was the run sign. The run sign that nice. they still used in 25. And just think of anything else. And, and I mean, think of five things. Three of them are going to be on the shelves in this. I mean, they, they are going to be there. They... Did not shy away from showing you, here's everything we still have from all the Halloween Horror Nights. We love it as much as you do. That's a great uh, sort of homage in in one quick hallway. Right, yep. 
So after that, it, this is it's it's you, you go you, you made a right turn you go down the next hall, then you go through the the black hanging plastic curtains and you walk <laughs> you walk on to we haven't actually talked about this in like well at least not the last episode but uh, maybe two episodes or uh, years I should say the spinning tunnel you walk through the uh-huh. spinning tunnel and this time it's decorated with faces or portraits of the icons from the past. Nice. And it's blacklit. And those, of course, are day glow. So you're walking through this disoriented and you're actually going back to the past and you're going to experience all the old Halloween Horror Nights. Nice. So the very first room, it kind of is a transition from the props into the maze. And it's like it is a costume room. Uh, there's a lot of costumes. There's some props too, but it's mainly costumes featured. And if you look really close, you're going to identify some costumes. Like uh, for one, uh, you're going to see a tentacle from Creatures hanging there. Someone, then one of the tentacles is reaching out at you. Uh, if you look close enough, Freddy's sweater is hidden in plain sight in a rack of clothes. It just looks like a bunch of clothes, and all of a sudden, <laughs> there's Freddy's sweater. But in this, this is a really unique way to hide characters. Racks of clothes. Or characters, I should say. Yeah, I did say characters. This is a unique place to hide characters. Racks of clothes. They're wearing something very similar to the color palette that's on the rack. You don't see them. Bam, they scare you. It's like, wow, we get to show off all these costumes and scare the shit out of you all in one fell swoop. Yeah, I was just going to ask, are any of these costumes populated? Oh, yes. Of course they are. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. Nice. That's uh, that's a great way to do it, too. Okay. So next room. This is where it gets interesting, where they decide to pick from. The next room features Treaks and Foons, which is the, uh, yeah, kind of the odd looking char- colorful characters from the foam scare zone from yeah. the Toon Island area of Islands of Adventure back in 2002. They turned yep. this into a room and they actually put mirrors in it and hanged a shitload of day glow, day glow colored, like the Natchmet costume and blacklit it. And had the Treaks and Foons characters. And it was cool, um, but it's just a very odd selection. Yeah. Um, I I guess it's, well, okay, from Devil's Advocacy, it is one of those things where it's it's very, uh, it's probably a very iconic thing that they did in Islands of Adventure, and they're calling back... Yeah, and they're, they're basically call, doing callback to yes, we were in Islands Adventure for a few years, and this is like the pretty much the most egregious thing that we can do <laughs> to make you remember we were in that's Islands true. Adventure. That right? is true. You're that's a very good point because everyone remembers that being from Islands of Adventure. That's of a good course, point, right? Because yeah. because it was like yeah. Other than that, you're right. It's a really interesting choice because that would take me right out of it. Yeah. So, okay, that's that's actually pretty good. Yeah, I that <laughs> makes me feel a little better about that decision. So from there, we go, we find, now we go into a room and we go into Alice in Wonderland room from Scary Tales 3, I believe, which is where they were eating the rabbit and the right. Mad Hatter's tea party, the combination of the two. So we got a recreation of that room. That was pretty cool. After that, we go to Dead Exposure. Now, this is mainly the Strobelit zombies. Um uh, I should say this is mainly the the kind of zombie post uh, Doctor Egana's or Agana's, um treatment center that that photographer captured. So it's not really mm-hmm. the photographer's house. It's kind of the scary part of that house together. 
Uh, that's about the the extent of what they pulled in from that. But it was definitely that the dead exposure house in that room. After that, we go into Fritanic. So finally, we've kind of gone past the double digit years or in back in time right. when I say. And they recreated the 1998 Halloween Horror Night 8 SS Fritanic captain's helm and it they had it was the captain's helm it was the wheel it was the the video of the waves behind him uh with a mixture with the lighting effects to simulate motion and water sprays to kind of throw you off guard i really appreciated this house or this room in this house because it's the first glimpse i got of the eight years i had missed leading up to halloween horror nights because i did not go for the first eight years this is finally the first glimpse i got at something even though it was a recreation of something i had not seen all those years that i missed you know and i think if i remember that episode that maze was on the <laughs> wayback machine for both of us it probably was yeah yeah i think you're right um, yep. I, might, I might be making shit up at this point but i i do recall us talking about that a lot yeah yep I, I, if it wasn't, then it was a close contender because, right. yeah, I agree. And, and wasn't that maze also a, um, uh, Mike Aiello <laughs> Yep. Connection? He was the, yeah. Yep. He was the, uh, captain back in right. 1998. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, okay. So, yeah, I, I do remember us talking about that one quite a bit. And I think it was on our way back. Yeah. Or at least it was on mine, I think. So, okay. Next area now. Not to not to slight the history of SS Titanic, but more interesting to the, all three of us, body collectors. They paid homage to body collectors in this house. Excellent. And you both get one guess collectively what they picked to do. Spine rip. There you go. You got it. <laughs> Didn't even take a collective guess. They did the spine rip. And they did they did a variation of the theater. Now it's funny that we just talked about the theater in the the uh, psychotherapy room, but they did a, did a variation of the theater and it probably had to do with the logistics of building the room. The theater as you both know, but for anyone that doesn't, it's kind of a horseshoe shape. Would you say? Is that the best way to describe yeah. it? A U shape? Yeah. This particular one was straight. It's like you you had the the spine rip and then you walked past the spectators the spectators weren't really looking at the spine rip but i'm sure it had all had to do with logistics of the house yeah. that's probably why but i who cared it was body collectors it was a spine rip i don't care i didn't even yeah i mean with the rest of the stuff i mean if you've got the spine rip room on uh, you know any room in Halloween Horror Nights, if it's the spine rip, you're really just looking at the spine rip anyway. The yeah, rest yeah, of it, yep. you know, you're you're really having to just kind of like look over your shoulder a couple of times and check out the rest of the room, but you're really just looking at the spine rip. Yeah, yep. So body collectors is like the finale of the recreation rooms because now you kind of go through a darkish hallway and you have a greatest hits characters popping out at you. And again, this is one of those rooms, much like the scare zone, where you go through it one weekend go through it through next chances are going to see different characters so i mean that's nothing wrong with that that was very cool um the finale to the house more warehouse props which was cool i really like the fact that they brought it full circle and still showing you props but the thing that i want to mention most about the props in this particular part of the the exit is that you can not miss the full suited creature's creature costume that were too big to fit backstage to use the creatures two years ago they finally put it on display to say this is what we worked so damn hard on that no one saw they like put it right, right in your face that's pretty cool yeah and that was the hollowed past okay so 
I I actually understand what you meant now when you said, you know, 25 did what you wanted yeah. originally. Yeah. But this was not bad. It's I, short. That's my problem with it. By the time short. you get through by the time you get through to get start getting into the houses, you're back you're out, you know? Well, the other thing that I the other problem that I have with it as described is that it's it's a lot more disjointed than what we saw with the 25 like 25 they they had a little bit more thought about how would they would fit the rooms together so that you would go from like one experience into the next and and yes you're in a totally different experience but the the mood doesn't change so drastically as it did a couple of times in this one you know what i'm saying yeah i do yeah yep so i think that's the I think that's the other thing that they did better with the, the Mason 25, mm. but this still sounds pretty cool. Oh yeah. It's so good. Yeah. All right. That brings us to the end of this episode and quick apologies for this kind of abrupt and unusual wrap up to the episode. While we were recording this, we went right into the shows, not really accounting for how long we had actually talked about the houses. We had gotten so wrapped up in our conversation, time kind of slipped away from us. So I'm going to end this episode here, and then we'll be back with part three of Halloween Horror Nights 20, where we talk about the shows and pick our Wayback Machine choices. So join us again next week where we wrap up Halloween Horror Nights 20. I am Matt. I will say thanks to Karen and Quinn for joining me in this episode. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is a Neozaz Internet Entertainment production. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at neozaz.com. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright, Universal Studios, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast and follow our Twitter account at Neozaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Neozaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.